Hey, what's going on, ladies and gentlemen? My name is Vinny Apicella. You are listening to Suds and the Squared Circle, the podcast that's about both soap operas and wrestling. More importantly, about General Hospital and WWE. We've got quite a bit to go today to talk about. I know I took a break last week simply because I wanted to get a better recording schedule. Every General Hospital podcast I listen to, whether it's the General Hospital uh, Mini Spotlight or uh, Pier 54 or 10th Floor, uh, they all seem to record on a Sunday. Well, Sunday actually works for General Hospital and for wrestling. That way you could go over Raw, NXT, and SmackDown. Now, of course, if there's a premium live event, I'll do it, you know, I'll alter it, but most of the premium live events are on Saturday now anyways. So, with that said, it's like it works out. So, I'm going to start recording now on Sunday or Monday. And being that today is Monday, August 22nd, 2022, it's actually my birthday. So, yes, I am celebrating grand fashion by entertaining all of you, entertaining the masses, all of my awesome uh, fans and the people that want to listen, all ten of you. (laughs) I know, I have to get bigger, I have to get a bigger audience, so I would definitely want people to uh, share and share alike, considering the um, fan base has to grow. You can always follow me on Twitter, or follow, yeah, follow me on Twitter, SWE. Follow Suds and the Squared Circle on Twitter, at Suds SQ Circle Pod. Follow on TikTok, at Suds underscore squared underscore circle. Email us anytime, sportswireaudio at gmail.com. And then you could buy our merch, sudssquarecircle.threadless.com. And that's, uh, has you could buy a logo shirt of uh, Suds in the Squared Circle. You could also buy a an old Sportswire logo shirt because um, that is obviously my property. And you can go ahead and buy that. Help to fund the show. Help to uh, put some money into my pocket because I do this for free. Uh, I also don't like begging for money. But there's also a buy me a coffee uh, program as well that I am a part of. I will have to get that information because even I don't know the link for that. So with that said, uh, there's a lot that happened on General Hospital over the past couple of weeks. I'm not going to go over the uh, all of it. Um, I do want to say that uh, it's getting good. First off, the last week they did exonerate Trina uh, as the uh, drug dealer or black market phone dealer did uh, get brought out of his coma by Porsche and did he was able to give Jordan uh, the commissioner Commissioner Ashford. A statement saying that he bought the phone from Esme and then he was wheeled into court and then allowed to testify because of the district attorney Robert Scorpio saying hang on wait a minute we don't have all the facts some new information came to light they let him testify and sure enough they dropped the charges against Trina so she didn't even have to be found at not guilty but she was exonerated uh, now the hunt is on for, for Esme of course I exonerated Trina myself with some information that wasn't brought brought up during court, but that's another that's another story. Uh, you know, it, the next biggest storyline, at least for the Ashfords, as far as I know, is who is the father of Trina? Uh, it, it was a storyline that was brought up a number of months ago, back when uh, the previous Jordan was on, on canvas. Um, Brianna, I can't remember her last name, but 
she was the uh, Jordan at the time. And during the time when Jordan and Portia were caught in that basement with uh, whatever kind of noxious fume it was that was uh, making them pass out and everything, um, Portia had mentioned something about keeping something, I believe, from Curtis about Trina. And I think Jordan kind of put two and two together, but she kind of kept the secret safe. Um, who knows if it's going to come out now. But I know on Rayal Andrews' uh, Instagram, from what I've heard, he uh, kind of posted a spoiler or a teaser saying, okay, well, who is Trina's daddy now? Um, or who is Trina's daddy, I should say, or whatever the case is. Who's, who's the father? Where's Maury Povich when you need him, right? Um, I, I, they kind of dropped the storyline for a while while they're focusing on this and focusing on other things. Maybe they just didn't have Rayal Andrews for a long time, which is why they kind of put the storyline on hold. But they have been switching taggarts back and forth throughout, even throughout the trial. So, will they come up with a storyline to the point where they could have Rayal Andrews, uh, you know, tape like all of his scenes for three months in you know a week or something, so they have it and then go from there? I don't know. That that could be kind of uh, difficult, especially when you get all the care, you know, get all the actors scheduled and and you know when it comes to costuming and costume changes and it could be difficult to do but you know I, I, I'm anxious to see is Curtis Trina's dad is Tagger at this point in time I think it's better off just to leave Tagger as Trina's father you know it's like I know it's soap operas and you want to have that that drama there uh, but at this point in time it's like poor Curtis like keeping something from him for this long especially when Curtis is going out of his way to help Trina um, you know to to have him find out in that way that Portia was lying to him like for her entire life for 20 years or whatever that again I, I feel bad for Curtis that you know he's somebody that doesn't trust easily and and he doesn't like lying that's why he, you know divorced or that's why he went to divorce uh Jordan of course nobody realizes they're still married uh but that's again another dropped storyline that'll peek back up when convenient Brianna Henry that was the old Jordan um but you know, again, those those storylines started when Brianna Henry was playing Jordan, and now it's a new new uh, woman playing Jordan. Who, again, for the life of me, I don't know her name yet. I haven't really learned it. <clears throat> I still miss Vanessa Antoine as Jordan. She she did a really good job as Jordan. Like Brianna, and honestly, like Vanessa Antoine actually looked the part in terms of age wise. Um, you have Brianna Henry and this new girl. They both. They both look too young to be Jordan, to have a 20-year-old son. You know what I mean? I mean, hell, TJ looks older than, you know, Brianna Henry, and TJ looks older than, you know, Taj Bello, I should say, plays him. And, and he looks older than, you know, his current Jordan. So, casting isn't that great there, right? Uh, moving on, the hunt is on, on for Esme. Obviously, we saw that. You know, she went off the parapet, whether Ava threw her like Undertaker threw Mankind off the Hell in a Cell, or whether she just <coughs> backed up over and fell, fell uh, by accident. Um, either way, she went off there, the body's missing, you know, the same old thing. Obviously, it's not a death sentence, as many people have been thrown off of there and lived, Ava being one of them. And I gotta say, she rocked it. Uh, she's been rocked it. Mora West, no matter how much I... I don't even have any personal feelings for her. No matter how much I don't like Ava, the character, Maura West is fantastic. 
Um, and she's been killing it recently with all of her interactions with Nicholas, with Ava, with Uncle Victor, with Trina. She's just all over the canvas right now. And she's been fantastic. I truly like where they're going with the Ava character. I want to see, you know, she's, she's owning up to the, uh, you know, she's owning up to the fact that, you know, she's the one that was the last person to see Esme. And she doesn't want any help from Nicholas. She doesn't want any help from Victor. She just wants to, you know, let it be known she was the last one to see him. And, you know, Victor kind of put it out there and said, now's not the time to be, you know, divided. We need to be united as Cassidines. I can't do the accent. But, um, you know, then they go to uh, burn all the clothing from from Esme and, and all of her belongings. And it's like, I, you know, I don't know. Because as far as I knew, like, wouldn't they have kept like letters, especially with the someone like who uh, someone like Esme who has such a shady and sketchy past that nobody really knows about her? You would think they would try to find some information about where she might go. I mean, Victor had his you know had a friend, you know, quote unquote, post to you know a MyFace account right um, from France under Esme's name, so they kind of took her. You know, took the eyes off of poor Charles for right now. Um, so it, it's really, you know, either here or there, when Esme's going to pop back up and how. Uh, will she just come right out and, you know, be like, hey, Ava threw me off the parapet? Um, or will she kind of hide herself and realize that, you know, she's in a lot of deep crap, right? Um, and I'm not talking about, you know, the water off Spoon Island. I'm talking about the fact that she is, you know, I'm sure that by now, if, if you know, if, uh, if, well, now that, I'm sure we pretty much know that Esme's alive, but if she's resurfaced and she's able to hide somewhere, I'm sure she's heard the news that Trina was let off. So now they're going to be coming to look for Esme, and then, you know, the fact that Oz, um, whatever his last name was, but, you know, Haggerty, Oz Haggerty, uh, once they you know, put two and two together, and they figure out that Esme not only drugged him and attempted to murder him, but also drugging Trina, which is still under the statute of limitations, and the revenge porn, and, you know, all the charges are, are adding up against her. I wonder if this is what's going to bring Ryan out of his quote-unquote locked-in state, considering we, we as the audience know that he's not locked in anymore, but nobody in Port Charles other than Esme seems to know. He didn't even release that information to Harmony. Um, so, I wonder if that's going to bring him out. Like, when he hears the news that Esme is dead, or, or, you know, presumed dead, I wonder if that's what's going to break him out of that. Considering, I don't know how long he legit, you know, the character was legitimately, you know, in, you know, the locked-in state. But when Ava was, you know, clutching her claws and, and digging her claws and her... her her nails into his arm and he just had to sit there not selling it that's crazy um you know obviously it's it's hollywood so i don't think it was really actually hurting him but he's got a great poker face regardless um john lindstrom is a champ at that to just sit still and, and not do anything except for moving your eyes i don't even know if i could do that i mean i just got done with a three and a half hour uh a tattoo to get done and you know, I sat still for the most part, so but I still had to move around a little bit and kind of get the blood flowing through my body, um, you know, through my arm at least. So uh, anybody who could stay locked in, or, you know, and sit there, I mean, and, and now, granted, I'm going to 
say this. I'm, I'm talking based upon the character in Port Charles universe, uh, universe. You know, obviously we know that John Lindstrom is only sitting there maybe for 20 minutes or so while they're putting together a scene or whatever. But how about those times when he, at Spring Ridge when he was just sitting there in the background and they had, you know, Alexis and somebody having dialogue or Spencer and somebody having dialogue. So, you know, he was just sitting there in the back in the background. Like, that's that takes amazing talent just to do that. So, not like obviously he's living like that, but, you know, it's, it's just, it's a, it's a lot. And I give him credit for that. Um, what's next on the agenda? Cody. Cody Bell. Um, he, uh, you know, obviously came clean that Catherine Bell was his, you know, his mother that raised him. Um, or I, I believe it was more along the lines of his, um, you know, Catherine was the, uh, <clears throat> uh, mother that, that didn't raise him. Excuse me. Um, so it looks to me like, you know, they're, they're doing something. And Catherine obviously died. You know, they came out that his father was, uh, Leopold Taub, um, and obviously Taub had dealings with Faison. So I think it's, you know, one of those interesting dynamics between Brit and Cody, um, that, you know, Cody didn't know his father. Brit, you know, didn't have any association with hers. So it's amazing that, you know, they're coming together now. So maybe there, there could have been a glimmer of stuff, uh, happening there. Um, you know, they're... Um, there, Cody's obviously pursuing Brit. He's interested in her for what reason? I mean, she's a beautiful woman. Don't get me wrong. I, I feel that you know Brit could do a lot better, but that's just me. Um, <clears throat> but you know they are going on a second date, uh, and to get, just to get to know each other, seeing as they have so much in common now. Um, clearly, uh, they're they're going somewhere with that because. I don't know whether they're just pawns in the whole Spinelli storyline to get Spinelli, for Spelly, Spinelli and Maxie to get back together or whatever's going to come out of this society setups thing. Um, but either way, I, there's some heartbreaking news for that, so I don't see, foresee it going that much farther in that Kelly Thibault, Thibault who portrays Britt Westbourne, is going back to Station 19 to pick up the role that she had previously and that means that she's leaving General Hospital. I don't know whether it's going to be temporary while they do their season and then she'll be back. But as far as I know, she is stepping out of the role of Britt Westbourne. And I don't want to see her recast. Um, <clears throat> because Kelly Tebow is just fantastic. And she won the Supporting Actress Emmy, uh, Daytime Emmy this year. So she's got the chops to do it. I really enjoy the fact that she's there. And, and you know, I mean, I've had a couple of interactions on Twitter. So, you know... I just, I just really like the fact that um, Brit is, you know, coming, uh, coming together, uh, you know, with Cody. But unfortunately, they are break, going to be breaking them up soon. I wonder how it's going to play out with, uh, with Kelly Tebow leaving. Um, let me, t let me say this. I'm really getting sick and tired of Nina's storyline. Nina is getting to on my nerves, and, and don't get me wrong, I. I like Nina's character now with Centria Watros portraying her. I didn't like her with with uh, Michelle Stafford because I think the she just was a little bit too abrasive. Nina just seems to be too. Uh, how can I say it? Too dumb, <laughs> like too overbearing almost. Like okay, 
she buys Charlie's half of Metricore, whether it's for spite or whatever. You know, she bought it and she offered to give it back to to, to Carly. All right, so she bought Carly's half of the Metricore, never being in hospitality. Okay, and you would think if you're buying into, um, if you're buying into a an already established hotel or industry that you're going to do your due diligence and you're going to do your research to figure out how to run this hotel uh especially one that's supposedly at the status of like an intercontinental hotel or you know one of the w hotels or a trump hotel yeah i know i said trump um but you know so it's it's one of those five star hoity-toity hotels that you know it takes a, probably about a month's salary to rent a room there um, for us normal folk. Uh, and, you know, she comes in and just starts ordering people around. It's like, usually, and this is one of the things that I have experienced since I work in hospitality management, in that just to become like a front office manager, I had to go through a week of training. Uh, to become a general manager, you have to go through more training, and, and the training is continuous. To become an owner, you really don't. But if you're going to be a hands-on owner, like, like you, you've got Olivia, who is half-owner, and she's hands-on. Like, if she wanted to be an investor, she could literally just say, hey, you know what, Olivia, run the hotel. You know what you're doing. I'm just here to provide, you know, a credit card number. Hey, you know what I mean? And I'm just here to provide the money. You know, so they could easily do that. But with, with Nina first coming through and, and telling the uh, pool guy, the pool bartender, to uh, go do something else and... You know, and the bartender's like, well, no, this is my job. You clearly don't know your job, you know, or don't know my job or whatever. And, and, and I agree. When you're, when you're going into hospitality and especially coming in at the upper level of management, because if you think about it, her being half owner, she is in the upper level of management and she wants to be hands on. She has to learn the job descriptions. Not only that, but she needs to shadow just about each and every person in that hotel to figure out what they do. So in, in the case of coverage, you know, she needs to know how to run the front desk. I don't know what property management they say that the Metricore uses, uh, property management system, but she needs to know. Let's just say Opera. Opera is what we use at the Holiday Inn Express. Uh, so she has to learn how to use the property management system, how to check people in, how to check people out, how to route the Expedia third-party reservations. She needs to, you know, learn all that. She needs to learn how to, you know, schedule the restaurant, what the specific restaurant personnel, you know, job assignments are. If the guy's a bartender and he's there two hours before shift because he's setting up, he's cutting the lines, he's cutting the lemons, he's, you know, getting making sure he has fully stocked bar, especially at the pool, so that, you know, the pool is obviously farther away from the, you know, from, I would assume from the fridge and the, the cooler where all the alcohol is kept and the storage area, so... He needs to be prepared, and not, I can't just go do something just because the half owner says to. Like that had a lot of problem in my book, um, you know, and, and and you know, so and and this whole thing, like you know, Nina saying, "Oh, well, we're just gonna have dinner here at the at the Metro Court," and then Olivia comes out saying, "We're sold out." Well, if you look at the if you look at the bigger picture of where they were standing and, and the dining room behind them. They clearly were not sold out, but, you know, it could have been they had a lot of different reservations coming up because there's, you know, the, the, the Metrocore is one of those hotel, those restaurants that 
does prefer reservations, especially when you know on a sold out night or if there's a lot of stuff in the you know in the mix. Um, you know, a lot, of st a lot of people staying there and they're sold out or, you know, let's say they rented it out for a private party like they did with the pool um, earlier in the week. Uh, you know, Michael rented out the pool because of Willow's graduation. You know, Carly coming through with the cake. And I agree where nobody should be, you know, allowed, especially if you're not, you know, management or, or an employee allowed in the kitchen. But the fact that you know, Carly was previous owner slash manager. Uh, it's all right. You know, I think that whole thing was just a little bit unnecessary. That was more Nina trying to, you know, flex her, her muscles and say, yeah, you know, you're in my hotel now and you don't belong there. And that's all she needed to do was say, hey, can I help you or whatever. I know there's an animosity there, so it's not the same customer interaction. But so I do feel that there could have been a little bit better handled by Nina, if you know what I mean. I mean, you know, granted there's that animosity between Picarly and Nina, but I do feel like Nina should have been the bigger person. Like, knowing that Carly always goes 100% uh, dramatic and 100% trying to screw other people over, then I really do feel like Nina should be the bigger person. Although, Nina's getting to be a little bit on the uh, catty side, right? A little bit on the whole, uh, like, she's mine. You know what I mean? It's trying to flex in the face. I, I don't like that. It's, that's women drama. They're not like, yeah, you don't do that. You know what I mean? Um, when you have women that are perceived as strong women, like a Carly, like a Nina, like uh, any, of, any of them, I don't like, what, you know, and I know it's a soap opera, you need the drama, but I don't like when they get into that cattiness, you know? Um, I do like seeing the, uh, moving on, I do like seeing the Davis sisters together. You know, Christina, Molly, Sam, and Alexis. Although I'm not, I don't, I don't like Alexis too much. I don't like her character, and I don't like Nancy Legrand. I respect her for what she's done in the business, but I do not like her as a person. Um, but, you know, when it comes to the Davis girls, I really like, you know, when they have those powwows together. It's almost like when they had, um, you know, on One Life to Live, they had, you know, the, uh, they had, you know, Vicky and Dorian and, um, oh gosh, uh, Star and, you know, um, Blair and, you know, all the other, all those other girls, you know what I mean? So they have that strong family female connection and, you know, they do, they, they, they kind of bounce ideas off of them. I really hope that... Christina is back at some point on a full-time basis because I really do feel like she needs to be there. You know, she is uh, she is Sonny's uh, oldest daughter, obviously, and, you know, she's the manager of Charlie's Pub. She's, you know, and, and not to mention, she's been there um, for a while. She's been at Charlie's for, well, hell, even before Sonny owned it, right? Um, because... Ava, Ava had given it to her when, when Julian died, right? And said, here, you run it, you know? And then, then all of a sudden, uh, you know, Sonny bought it and then gave it to Phyllis and, you know, that whole that whole thing. And then Christina's been there the whole time. So she knows what she's doing and she's been there. Um, it wasn't a recent promotion, you know, so whatever. Uh, let's see. I, I do like, um, I like Sam and Dante together. You know, although I, <laughs> a lot of people don't, 
Uh, and Sam, you know, you know, one of her reasons for not wanting to move in with Dante is because she doesn't want to be in Lulu's home. Well, you know what? That's kind of bupkis. It really is. Because, I mean, and the girls at Pier 54 brought it up uh, as well, because I listened to that first, and it kind of clouded my judgment. But no, it kind of gave me an idea. It's like, um, you know, where, where Sam lives is the penthouse that she shared with Jason and Drew. And you know what I mean? Like, so I, I don't know whether she's trying to say, oh, I don't want to move in together, or if she's trying to say, oh, well, I, you know, let's find a neutral place. You know what I mean? But that could tend to be a little traumatic for all the kids involved, right? You know, um, Rocco has already um, been sorest up, right? And so he's missing his mom, who's in a coma. Charlotte is in, you know, in boarding school. So when she comes back, she'll have a whole different house to go to. Um, you know, and then you've got Danny and Scout, and they're usually the quartermains all the time. So uh, it's just amazing to me how they don't, you know, like everybody's lived somewhere. Like, you know, it's like, to me, it's just... And this is coming from a guy. <clears throat> Why would you have any problems living somewhere? Like, I understand, yeah, you shared this bed with your wife or your husband or what have you. You know, it's like, I get that. But at the same time, it's like, eh, you could buy a new bed. You could change the bedroom around. You could, you know, redecorate or whatever. That, to me, seems more practical. Of course, this being poor Charles and everybody's made of money and nobody has to work, <laughs> it's probably easy to go buy a new house. You know what I mean? But that's just a little... But, you know, so... I don't like that excuse for Sam not wanting to um, move in with Dante. You know, and a lot of people, uh, you know, are against Sam and Dante because they share siblings. They There's no blood there. There's no blood between Sam and Dante, right? You know, so... They each share a sibling, a half-sibling with, with each other's parents. You know what I mean? Like, Sam's mother slept with Sonny and came up with Christina and Sam's father Julian slept with Olivia and came up with Leo so yeah they do you know share sibling half siblings but there's no blood relation there you know what I mean I mean hell Sam has already slept with you know Sonny so I mean it's like now to go with his son and granted it's been a long time between you know so it's like it happens. It's life. You know what I mean? You sometimes, you know, and I hate to sound cliche, but you can't help who you fall in love with. So, and they have my seal of approval, and I happen to like them. They said they have to get a good storyline, you know, not necessarily just about, you know, navigating the single parenthood and, you know what I mean, and their parents are either deceased or, or, or injured or, you know, can't be around. They have to actually have some type of storyline, like, you know, and I thought they had had it with, uh, maybe, who, what was it? Which one was it that Sam got involved in that, um, you know, Dante kind of caught her in? It had to do with Carly, of course. Was it, um, was it Nina and Sonny? Or was it, uh, no, no, it wasn't no. Was it Willow? Was it Harmony? I don't remember. It was one of those storylines that, that Sam got involved in and hid it from Dante. and You know what I mean? So I really feel like there needs to be something where, you know, they work together. You know, Dante and Jason work together, even though 
there was a it was a cop and a mobster, you know, hitman. They did have a good chemistry working together, and I think that Dante could work with Sam, and you know, Sam being a PI, and maybe you know there needs to be some kind of uh, some kind of investigation needs to be done off the books, and and Dante goes to Sam and says, "Hey, you have the resources. Could you help with this?" You know what I mean? So that's a possibility. Um, and I want to see that. You know, I want to see them sink their teeth into something like that. You know, and maybe even judging, you know, maybe even navigating being a cop and a potential, you know, um, a potential uh, chief of detectives along with Sam, who's a PI, right? So, you know, and they're both working full time and they're both chasing bad guys and they're both in dangerous situations and they're both single parents and they kind of lean on each other, you know what I mean? So, I want to see some something to sink their teeth into, like that. Um, moving on, uh, Finn, you know, is kind of going a little overboard with, with Elizabeth. I understand he cares about her, and he loves her, and he wants to save her and help her, and I get that. And I would do the same thing. I'm not going to deny it. You know, I would be the person to kind of push the buttons because I care about somebody. Um, you know, Elizabeth has specifically said... Uh, you know, I don't need your help. I'm fine. Everything is fine. Clearly, it's not. We as the audience see that. And Finn sees it as well. And so does Terry, you know. So when you look at it like that, you know, yeah, he's reaching out to his, her sister. He's reaching, you know, he may reach out to her parents. We may see Jeff and Carolyn Weber come back. We may see her, her sister Sarah come back. Hell, we may see her, her grandmother come back. Gran, Audrey. So, you know, it, it's one of those things where let's kind of focus on Elizabeth's backstory and yeah it's going to take a turn for the worse it's going to hurt Elizabeth in the meantime you know and, and there may be some that that relationship between Finn and Elizabeth might get broken up um although a lot of people say that it's a boring relationship Finn himself like um I was about to call him McBain but Michael Easton himself like he just comes off as very very aloof very serious like there's very few comedic bones in his body as far as what his character seems. i never seen saw him outside of soap operas or, or whatever, so I've never seen him play a comedic role. Um, but the way he comes off in all of his roles that he's been on General Hospital, not as much Big Bane, but all of his characters that I've seen so far have come off as that serious, no-nonsense, I'm Batman kind of thing. You know, with that deep, deep voice. and You know what I mean? So, yeah, um, he just... It doesn't... I don't know. Everybody says they're boring. I like Elizabeth. I think they should have never done anything with Franco and kept him. His story arc wasn't over. We could have gone more. There could have been a lot. You know, I'm not a writer for the for General Hospital, although I'd love to be. Um, but I really feel like there needs to be something for, you know, again, for Elizabeth and Finn to sink their teeth into. There's a great storyline for Elizabeth, but Finn is ruining it like how would you know and you don't want to compare you don't want to say oh well how would Franco have done this Finn and Franco are two different people Franco would have just been there for Elizabeth and said hey you need to do what you need to do let me help you help paint a few pictures and all that Finn is just no nonsense let me help you I'm gonna help you this is what I'm doing to help you and if you don't like it I don't care <laughs> you know what I mean like it gets to that point where if you don't like it I don't care and if I lose her I don't care but I want to see her healthy that's very, um, you know, that's very uh, chivalrous. You know what I mean? It, it's very romantic. And, you know, sometimes, and I'll say this, and I'll probably get hate mail for it and hate tweets, sometimes P 
people in general, not just women, but people in general don't know what they need. You know, especially when, all right, I'll, I'll give you an example. I've, I've got a friend of mine who's going through a lot in their personal life. And, you know, it's like, I could see how they're acting out. Whether, you know, in, in many different ways. And I'm trying to be there as a friend. I'm trying to help this person out with as much stuff as I can, no matter what it is. But in, in sometimes you have to slip in that whole, oh, well, you know, have you started seeing a therapist about this? Or have you started seeing a shrink about this? Or, you know, have you gotten help about this? Or what do you perceive the problem being? So you can kind of put those little hints in without completely enabling somebody to go off the deep end. Um, you know, and I think, unfortunately, Liz is going off the deep end. And Finn is trying to prevent it. He's got this bull in the china shop approach to it. But... And I think that Elizabeth, at some point, whether or not in the, you know, right distant, right in the near future, but in the distant future sometime, um, she's going to find out that Finn was doing what was best for her and what he felt she needed help with. You know, clearly she's been somebody who's been talking about, oh, I've, I've never gone along with the parents. I, I ran away from home. You know what I mean? That's how she came to Port Charles. So they're playing up her history. I get that, which is great. But now we need to see, you know, that, that dynamic of, okay, well, Finn sees there's a lot of problem. He's doing what he needs to do. I want to see the blow off of this. I want to see the blow off of, you know, Finn and Elizabeth and, and that. Do they stay together? Does she understand where you're coming from? Or does she just think he's overstepping? Um, you know, because clearly, she, as of this point, she does think he's overstepping. And when she walked in and on them, on him, on uh, Finn and Terry talking about her, you know, it, it kind of sets something off like, I can't trust these people. You know what I mean? And you could kind of tell the character change in her face right at that point in time. So, you know, beware. There's a Jekyll and Hyde. There's a Biz and Liz. There's a, you know what I mean? There's a, there's a whole whatever metaphor you want to say. But there's two sides to her. Maybe she's a Gemini. She, does, she started in June, right? <laughs> um, but no, seriously. Um, you know, there's two sides to Liz. And, and I, I can't wait to see how it plays out. Um, in other news, Greg, uh, Gregory and Alexis, um, you know, they're, they're, they're starting a possible romance around the newspaper and how, you know, she, Liz, um, Alexis isn't giving equal time to the opposition, the opposition and equal space. And you know what I mean? So it's a, I mean, I guess it's really playing out in the real world. They just need to put a, a, a soap opera twist to it. Um, but again, like, I don't know, maybe, maybe that could be pushing it a little bit. There's a tremendous chemistry between Gregory, Gregory and Elizabeth, and I really like where they're going. I just thought it would be more along the lines of, oh, well, you know, with the whole, um, with the movement of, of everything going on in recent memory, you know, whether it was Me Too, whether it was BLM, whether it was this or whether it was that, or whether it was the other thing, or who knows what's going on now, you know, uh, with, with a you know, the, the, the Roe versus Wade overturning, right? There's something. Every month there's a problem and everybody has to, you know, a lot of people have to just go there and not worry about anything else. I digress. Um, you know, so uh, Finn will, you know, do what he has to do to help Elizabeth. And, and then going back to Gregory, I kind of see a lot between Gregory and Elizabeth, uh, Gregory and Finn, although even Gregory is a little more personable like he's more relatable I, I don't know whether he's trying to say that the invader is more left-leaning or right-leaning 
or if you know uh, he's just saying, "Oh, you got to speak the truth," and here's the truth. And is the liber- is the the invader supposed to be conservative leading? I don't think so. Now with now with Alexis as, as editor in chief, you know, couldn't you have the the you know the 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 scum reporters like Fenty, Fentel, Fentley, Fenty, the you know the one that was dr- the drug addict for for uh, the drug the, the drug dealer for Sasha, I think it's Fenty, and then also you have Schmaltz there, uh, Schmaltz, who, uh, um, you know the, the the other paparazzi guy and the one that's trying to get Sasha into trouble. And trying to quote unquote get the news the right way, um, so that's going to be a lot of what General Hospital is going through. Um, we kind of went through, um, you know, Spinelli and Maxi. That's probably the end game, especially with Britt leaving now. But again, are Britt and Cody the pawns in that whole story? I'm not sure. I, I am not sure. Um, Willow. Willow is another one that gets, that's getting on my nerves. I really cannot stand her anymore. Um, keeping the leukemia diagnosis from Michael. And, you know, now you understand for a little while, you know, you want to keep information to yourself because you're trying to process it. But she's hadn't had, you know, the problems enough times. And, and I would think you would want somebody there to support you. You know, and even, even TJ said it as a friend. He said, you know, I understand you and I'm going to respect your wishes, but I really think you should talk to Michael. Because that support is going to help everything, especially with someone like leukemia. Um, so, at the end of you know, um, the end of Friday's episode, you know, uh, Willow, kind of you know, telling TJ, "Listen, I, I know you were just doing your job," and he's like, "I I wish my diagnosis wasn't correct," you know. And again, you know, it's she's pregnant, and now she's got leukemia. So how's that going to affect the baby? How's that going to affect Michael when he finds out that she's lying to him? And, you know, especially carrying the baby. I don't know if it's, I don't know if leukemia is passed from, you know, mother to son like that, mother to child. So I'm not sure if that will affect the, the baby or not. Uh, but it's just, it's just wow. Um, why aren't you telling Michael? I would be pissed if my girlfriend or now my, my now wife hid something like that from me. I would be pissed because, like, I want to help you out. Um, because the longer you wait, the longer you, you find out, oh, well, I've only got six months to live. What the fudge am I going to do? Well, you should have said something earlier. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like people at the hotel. This is, this is a lesson for Nina, for people. Like, they're going to complain about everything at a hotel, whether it's the phone, whether it's the TV, whether it's the linen. And it's like, okay, well, why are you complaining right at checkout? Did you call the front desk last night? Oh, no, we were just too tired. Oh well, at least from my opinion, because if you call some, if you call somebody right at the very beginning of the shift and say, "Hey, you know this room is dirty, or this room doesn't have a working TV, uh, working phone, or whatever," it can be fixed so that you don't have that problem. So, you know what I mean? I, I know that being a doctor and being in hospitality are not completely the same, but um, it's the idea about it, right? So. And then who, I'm just going to leave the GH uh, re- recap with this, is like, who is Mason? Like, what is that storyline with with uh, Dr. Gatlin Hurt, Holt there, Austin? You know, are they going to bring in more, I don't know, mob family members? Is he, is, that, is he really his cousin? Is it really his family? You know what I mean? So, uh, I don't know about that one so far. 
I'm waiting with beta breath. I'm anxious with beta breath to see how that turns out. So we'll see. I'm going to take a quick, quick break. And I'll be right back with... Uh, no, I'm not even going to take the break. I'm just going to take a drink. Alright. Um, WWE Clash at the Castle 2022 coming to you live on Saturday, September 3rd. I believe it's like a 1 p.m. start time. Uh, because, you know, it's in Wales or in the United Kingdom. And... Uh, they're five hours ahead of us, so yeah, it, it, it does. It's gonna start five hours earlier here, so it's 1 p.m. start time, and uh, it's gonna be a great, great event. Moving on, let's kind of go over some of the. Let's go over what's been announced so far as the card. Um, Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship, um, and think about it. Paul Heyman has not been seen since SummerSlam. Is Paul Heyman going to come out with Roman Reigns on Clash of the Castle? Is Roman Reigns going to be... Now, obviously, we have heard um, Paul Heyman on the voiceover of NXT Heatwave this past week. Um, but will Roman Reigns come out with with Paul Heyman? Um, will Paul Heyman come out with Reigns and then turn on him? Will everything be fine? We'll see. You know, Drew McIntyre is probably the one person that I could see... Well, one of two people that I can see breaking the streak of Roman Reigns right now. The other being Cody Rhodes, and Cody's still a couple of months away from coming back. Um, so Roman Reigns defending his WWE Universal Championship uh, against uh, Drew McIntyre. Will Austin Theory, or excuse me, Theory, play into the you know play into the decision here as well? That's something we're looking at. SmackDown Women's Champion Liv Morgan defending against Shayna Baszler. Odds-on favorite is Baszler, in my opinion. I feel like she's got to be the one that wins. Uh, it, outside of that, outside of that, it's not believable. Like even her, even Liv's win against um, Ronda Rousey at SummerSlam was not believable, especially because she freaking tapped out. Um, so the fact that Shayna Baszler now is coming in, uh, I feel Shayna Baszler is going to be SmackDown Women's Champion after Clash at the Castle. I don't want to see, and I think Triple H is doing a good thing here, but I don't want to see somebody, you know, the, the, the fans hijack the show. Oh, we love Liv. Liv deserves it. Man, you know what? You know how much stuff you deserve in life? Death and taxes. That's what you deserve. Um, outside of that, you know, you really don't deserve more, much more. I mean, yeah, there's stuff you earn and all that. I'm not getting into that philosophical decision right now. All I'm saying is, Liv Morgan is not a champion material. She is not somebody who you could believably think could go out there and beat somebody like a Ronda Rousey or a Shayna Baszler or, you know, anybody. Um, I'm sorry for those fans of you that like her. I personally don't. I like her as a person. I'm a fan of hers. But I don't like her as a women's champion. Tag team, yes, because you can depend on somebody else to be there for you when you can't, get, can't catch stuff. So, um, you know, the, the, you know what I mean? So, um, ta you know, when you can't win, that's what I, what I was trying to say. But I don't really feel like Liv Morgan is championship material. Uh, Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss, and Asuka versus Bayley, Dakota Kai, and Io Sky. Yeah, that, I mean, again, it's a, it's a good match to 
to solidify Bailey, Dakota Kai, and Io Sky, and to kind of push the Bianca Belair versus Bailey championship match is going to be coming up somewhat at some point soon. Um, maybe even Dakota Kai versus Bianca Belair, but either way, Bianca Belair is defending against one of those three women at some point soon. Um, Riddle versus uh, Seth Rollins. I will not refuse. I will not call him Seth freaking Rollins. I think that's stupid. Um, so you get Riddle versus Rollins. It's going to be a good match. I'm not really a fan of either one of them, so I probably will... That'll be my bathroom break. <laughs> Intercontinental Championship, Gunther versus Sheamus. It's going to be a fantastic match. I want to. I would like to see Gunther continue his, uh, his championship run, unless he gets called to change his gimmick again, uh, and then in which case Sheamus will win. But I think uh, uh, Gunther is going to keep the IC Championship. That's all. Those are the five matches that are currently set for Clash of the Castle. I'm not sure if they're going to add any more going forward, like, for example, tonight on Raw or SmackDown. I wonder if the, if the finals of the women's tag team tournament, tag team championship tournament, is going to be Clash of the Castle. If so, Toxic Attraction, Attraction should be the ones to go. Now, for those of you out there who didn't watch uh, SmackDown on Friday or, or pay attention to Twitter, okay, uh, you're probably saying to yourself, why were Toxic Attraction in the Women's Tag Team Championship? Because they weren't until Friday. Until Shawn Michaels went ahead and uh, booked it to the point where, uh, well, he, ba he basically mentioned to say that Nikita Lyons was not medically available and Zoe Stark was injured. So, taking their place in the tournament was Toxic Attraction, uh, JC Jane, and Gigi Dolan. They did beat Natalia and um, Natalia and uh, Sonya Deville. So, the match was alright, uh, you know, and just to see um, that already picking up steam is fantastic. Um, so, that, I'm, I'm wondering if that's going to be a Clash of the Castle. I'm not sure entirely, but it might be. Um, but it's looking up to be a good um, premium live event. You know, we can't say pay-per-view anymore, right? Unless it's under AAA, uh, AAA, under Triple H, that some of the uh, vocabulary could be changed, right? You know, I mean, granted, a pay-per-view nowadays is a misnomer. Nobody's paying to view anything. I mean, you're paying 10 bucks a month to Peacock or 5 um, to Peacock, but then you're able to watch everything. You're not paying per episode, pay-per-view. Uh, so that is a misnomer. That's why it's called premium live event at this point. Um, let's see. What else has been going on? Uh, Bobby Lashley continues to dominate the Intercontinental, the, the United States Championship, uh, you know, division. I, I would love to see him on here as well. I'm not sure if he will or not. Uh, NXT Heat Waves, Zoe Stark came up short to Mandy Rose. Mandy Rose is still the NXT Women's Championship. Uh, champion, um, and uh, let's see, is there anything else I want to go over today? All right, so general news and notes to kind of go over as we end out the show today. Uh, there's obviously Triple H is doing a fantastic job as uh, senior vice president or executive vice president of creative and talent. Uh, he's doing great bringing back the NXT guys that should have never been given, given their release in the first place. Uh, however, <laughs> um, Jeff Jarrett, who was there for another cup of coffee as senior vice president of live events, is no longer with the company. 
he was hired on for that position, I believe, in March or April, and he's gone again. He's gone now. So, I mean, he's tried to do the uh, behind-the-scenes agent role. He's done this now, so he's gone again. Uh, I wonder if that means that there's something else brewing with Conrad Thompson or, or with uh, Dixie Carter or with, uh, well, Jeff, Jeff Jim Crockett Promotions. Who knows? But Jeff Jarrett is long, no longer with the company. However, who's back? Well, we've, we've known that Karrion Cross and Scarlett are back, um, which is a great thing. And Karrion Cross going right to the main event, top of the level. I expect him to go into the Reigns and Drew, Reigns and Drew match at uh, Clash of the Castle. I don't know if it's going to be a triple threat exactly, but he's going to be involved somehow. Um, we know Dakota Kai and Eos Kai and Bailey are back. We know that, uh, you know, the morale is so much higher. And, you know, you know, Hit Row. Hit Row is money. I am not a huge rap or hip-hop fan, but, you know, the fact of seeing the maximum male models, um, MMM or mmm, uh, with Max Dupree and Maxine Dupree, um, uh, they, they, there's a perfect rivalry with Hit Row. You have B-Fab on the outside, you got uh, Top Dollar and uh, Ashante the Adonis, uh, you know, his tag team. I could see those guys going far. Um, Top Dollar being AJ Francis, the, the guy that was behind the, um, you know, the, the A&E show of uh, Most Wanted Treasures, right? Um, I think that's gonna, it's gonna end up being a, uh, you know, a good fit, and, and I'm so happy they're back. Swerve must be kicking himself in the ass for going to AEW, where he's now one half of the AEW Tag Team Champions with Dr. Fraser Crane, Keith Lee, um, and uh, he must be kicking himself. You know, there's a lot of them. I mean, apparently, you know, WWE's reached out to some of these, uh, you know, formerly contracted people, and, you know, even if they were under contract, say, hey, you know, I'm sorry we got rid of you, or sorry Vince got rid of you, but I'm, I want to bring you back. And some of them you can't, you know. Um, Karrion Cross was supposed to be the first ever champion, a heavyweight champion of Freddie Prince Jr.'s first, uh, Freddie Prince Jr.'s own wrestling organization when he puts it together, promotion. And, you know, he kind of said, listen, Triple H called me and said, you know, we want to bring you back. And, he couldn't refuse it, so I look for that to happen. Uh, Sarah Logan is another one who's been teased to come back. Uh, there was a hooded figure on SmackDown during the Viking Raiders Viking funeral of the New Day, and it kind of looked like a female from behind. You know, she's a Viking. She's married to uh, Raymond Rowe, who's Ivar, right? Ivar? No, Eric, out of the, the, the uh, Viking Raiders. So, amazingly, I think that... Uh, She'll be back soon. I don't think she'll be with Liv Morgan, but possibly with the Viking Raiders. Um, anybody else rumored to be coming back or, or coming back? or Well, okay. Let's address the elephant in the room. Sasha Banks and Naomi walked out back in May, walked out back, walked out of WWE Monday Night Raw as women tag team champions. Apparently they threw the belts on the ground or on, on John Laurinaitis' desk. And just walked out. Walked out unprofessionally. So, obviously, you know, the Twitter world is one side or the other. Personally speaking, I feel a lot of it was Sasha. Sasha has walked out before. Sasha has thrown temper tantrums before. And Sasha is just toxic to a locker room, in my opinion. Naomi, this is the first time 
that she's ever done something like this. Maybe she just went along with Sasha. Maybe she was part of it too. I, I don't know, but I, I'm kind of giving Naomi a little bit more leeway, but Sasha's done this before. Uh, apparently, they're on their way back. Apparently, there have been defenses, and maybe at the end of this, um, at the end of this tournament, they'll come out and say, hey, you got to beat us next. Um, I don't know. I, I Personally, I don't think Sasha should come back. I feel like she's kind of burned her bridge numerous times. Now, maybe Triple H is like, hey, whatever happened in the past, that stays in the past. This is somebody new. If that's the case, I give him credit. But when somebody has been toxic to your locker room already multiple times and has walked out multiple times instead of saying, hey, that doesn't work for me, but here's what can work. And Triple H obviously has an open mind and open ears and will, is willing to accept a few more things of Vince, right? Um, so we'll see how it plays out. I, I personally, I would not bring Sasha back. But, again, I don't... I'm not a WWE writer or anybody in the WWE. So I just... But whatever it is, what it is. So, that's about it for today. I want to thank you all for listening. Again, my name is Vinny Apicella. You can go ahead and... Um, find uh, the Sportswire, uh, Sportswire, the Suds in the Squared Circle podcast, right? You can go ahead and um, where are we? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm trying to get all the uh, social media now, social media is still something, I mean I'm 41 years old now but you can f- go ahead and follow on Twitter, follow me on Twitter, at VAppicella SWE Follow Suds and the Squared Circle on Twitter at Suds SQ Circle Pod. Follow on TikTok at Suds underscore squared underscore circle. You can email us at any time, sportswireaudio at gmail.com. And you can buy our merch at Suds Square Circle at, uh, I'm sorry, Suds Square Circle dot threadless dot com. Help us out. And you could always go ahead and send us a voice message on anchor.fm slash sportswireaudio um, and anywhere you find your favorite podcast, Suds in the Square Circle. Again, my name is Vinny Apsella. Have a great day, everybody.